Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Sure. Yeah. Busy. Busy week. <laughs> Busy week. <laughs> Welcome to Team Cockroach, a podcast about The Good Place, a weekly comedy show on NBC by Mike Schur. This is our last Season 1 Rewind episode. We're going to be going over the last two episodes of Season 1, Episode 12, Mindy St. Clair, and Episode 13, Michael's Gambit. So now let's introduce our panelists, myself, a selfish ass, Andrew Pontius. Next up, not a robot, Rachel Adelman. Hello. Hi, everyone. And then uh, a tortured academic, Sarah Gardner. Hi there. Hi. And next up, a hot, rich frog with legs for days, Javier Matusevich. Greetings. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but this is my masturbating time. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll leave you alone then. <laughs> Can we cut that? <laughs> <laughs> and our special guest, an idiot DJ, Jason Snell. Oh, man, I can't <laughs> believe you realize that I've been sitting here silently the whole time. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> So while you're here, uh, we'd like to thank you, Jason, and the Incapable Network for hosting our little podcast. For all these episodes we've been doing, we really appreciate it. Well, thank you for doing them. <laughs> and uh, and before we get going, a reminder as always, this is a spoiler zone. Anything from season one or season two is fair game. So if you haven't watched all of season two and don't want to get spoiled, please stop listening now. What about spoilers for season three? <laughs> yeah, right? Are those okay? If you have them, bring them no, on. No, they're not okay, actually. Um, there's actually already a bit that's available for season three, like an, an oh, intro. Oh, true. Yeah, that's, mm. that's, yep, and, there is. Uh, I haven't. I, I said I I'd watch after we recorded yep. tonight. Yeah. I retract. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, then there was there was actually some spoilers for season three on the incomparable episode about season two, which I have tried to erase from my brain, but they're still there. So I don't know how that's possible. I was on that episode, right? There, literally, we don't know anything <laughs> about season three. There was one thing that I think you said it actually about season three that that you anyway. I'm not going right, to. We're, we're done. All, all right. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> I said it, but yet I don't know anything about it. So all right, okay, yeah, that's good. So as is our want for these rewind episodes, I have put together a little uh, summary of what happens in the two episodes. So I'll be going over those real quick before we start. So for episode twelve, Eleanor, Jason, and Janet arrive at the medium place and meet Mindy St. Clair, who has resigned herself to an eternity of mediocrity, and who argues, along with Jason, that letting your friends get hurt is acceptable if it prevents you from getting hurt. But Eleanor finally decides to sacrifice herself and, and well, Jason too, instead, and they head back. In the B-plot, Tahani, Chidi, and Michael must face the eternal judge, whose name is Sean, and plead Eleanor's case without emotion. And they fail. When the others return, Sean declares that two must go to the bad place, any two, and gives them a new deadline of 30 minutes to decide. That's the second to last episode. Then in Michael's Gambit, it is revealed that Michael has been overseeing a bad place neighborhood all along. Spoiler! We see him first thinking of the idea of having his human victims torture each other and then pitching it to a skeptical Sean, who is actually his boss. When it all comes out, Michael decides to try again with a few tweaks and Eleanor engineers a way to send herself a note during the reboot saying, find Cheaty. So let's start with episode 12 and see where we go. I've got um, Mindy St. Clair, so I've got, I'm going to share with, a, with you a pet theory. Again, there, there are no spoilers for season three. I, I realize now, I remember now what, what you interpreted as a spoiler for season three, which is an answer to, that Mike sure answered a question that I, <laughs> right. he could be a liar. He right. may be a liar. That's true. But I'm not going to get into it here. The, um, but, so I will say something now completely devoid of any knowledge, forward knowledge, which is I feel like where the show is going thematically 
is the the concept of uh, of of the right whether it's right to punish people uh, for these actions and whether people can improve themselves in the afterlife because that seems to me like the fundamental question of the show is it's almost a show that's as much about the concept of rehabilitation as it is about the idea of of ethics and I think Mindy St Clair is a very interesting example here. <laughs> in the medium place because Mindy St. Clair is not a particularly good person, but she did something in, you know, her cocaine fueled uh, binge (laughs) that turned out accidentally essentially to have this big positive benefit that she got credit for. And I think that that is a really interesting character. If you're considering that this show is about kind of interrogating the concept that whatever you do in your life is going to figure out that, that that leads to whatever you do for eternity and that there's no opportunity to redeem yourself or become a better person if you have that worldview. And Mindy Sinclair is both at once. And I think it's kind of fascinating. And I love just from a purely, you know, uh, psychological standpoint, the idea that she's put in a place that's fine, you know, that's not <laughs> not particularly it's you know, it's the it's the you can have you can have a beer, but it's a bad beer, and it's, it's warm, warm. <laughs> yeah. Like that is, I think that's a fascinating thing too. But I do, <laughs> I do think I like the idea that that it's not just the concept of a super medium place, but the idea that Mindy herself is not a good person, but kind of happened into a good thing because that seems kind of fundamentally unjust too. Um, and the fact that the good place and the bad place can't agree on who who she belongs to. <laughs> is just more fuel for my my personal sort of like pet theory about what the show is really about, which is can people improve themselves? Is there redemption, right? Yep. Can we also talk about how, how late we're seeing Mindy Sinclair in the season? I, I really thought that this was something that happened like early on and it's so, so late in the season. It's weird to see it now. It's, it's a thing that we've been talking about for so long now and yep. just appearing. What did other people think of, uh, of Mindy? Like her, not like her? She's very much herself. She's one of those people that's not afraid of being herself, which is good, I guess. But she would not be someone I would want to hang out with. Be a bit less yourself. <laughs> right, and certainly not live in the same house with, right? Certainly not. At the first, I thought, well, being alone all this time, it's kind of torture. So she's sort of in a bad place. And then she's like, no, I, I actually like it being alone. So I guess she's a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she all but asks Eleanor to please leave, which I think <laughs> would be where I would be at if I were in the medium place. Like, just go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good, I mean, there's a couple of different aspects of this, which are, all of them are really fascinating to me. I mean, when you go over sort of the details of that medium place where she's at, she, she has Cannibal Run and Cannibal Run, the making of Cannibal Run, and they're on VHS. And she's got, what's the book that she, that she, Anne Rice, Anne Rice, Anne Rice vampire novel, right. That she cut up, <laughs> she cuts up yeah. for pornography. Cuts up for pornography. <laughs> and mm-hmm. for me, you know, so the show has always been kind of interesting in, you know, it's a mainstream comedy, uh, mainstream sitcom. They're never going to get too deep into the fact that like the, the kind of tortures that they're describing are really actually horrific. And you would never want anyone to actually go through those things. But if you kind of take that a bit off the table, this really sounds like hell to me. Like she's not just enduring this for now, for a little while. She's enduring this for eternity. And she's got to be by herself. And she's got to have all these awful things with her. And it just, it just really seems like hell. And we kind of actually mentioned that when in our chat room that, you know, oh, the, this... <laughs> we were talking about, you know, what what would your medium place be? And we kept coming up with things which kind of shaded into bad place-ish stuff. I really do think, like, this is not 
she was playing it for laughs until I'm not going to take it too seriously, but it really isn't, it just isn't a, a good place. It's, well, by definition, I guess hmm. it's not the fact that it's you know, millions of years that she's going to go through this. It really feels like torture to me. Um, and even if but she's, like, yep. Mm-hmm. When Derek shows up with his wind chimes, does that make it worse? <laughs> right. Well, the other oh. thing about it, though, is that she, I, I was kind of trying to think of this, and I'll, I'll try to make this brief because I have a lot of stuff that I could talk about with her. But <laughs> she is is sort of a figure of fun, right? Like, you make fun of, you know, she's got her cocaine habit. She's got her, her idiosyncrasies. She's got her masturbation habits. And so we kind of laugh at her in kind of the same way they laugh at, at Jason. He's kind of a figure of fun. But it seemed like a lot of those kind of jokes would be the kind of jokes you get in, a, in kind of a more mainstream sitcom, a more generic sitcom. And in those kind of sitcoms, she would be sort of someone that you just laugh at and that's it. And I didn't feel that here. And I was kind of trying to think of why. And it's that even though she's doing, you know, maybe weird things or unusual things, it's still her choice about things. She still has agency here. And Jason, you, you know, you can mention it like she she's here. Uh, maybe it was just I'm sorry. But we mentioned that she chose to be here. She chose to get comfortable with it. She chose, she, she's here because she wants to be here. She's made peace with where she's at and what her trade-offs were in a way that even though, again, it's kind of funny to have her with us, uh, you don't feel, you don't really feel sorry for her. And you don't really feel like she's not a person. She is a, a weird person, but she's just totally a person. And I really thought that worked well for the show because... Otherwise, I think it would have left us kind of a sour taste in my mouth, even while I was laughing at the jokes. One, I mean, obviously one of Mike Schur's references, touchstones for this show is uh, No Exit, the Jean-Paul Sartre play. And I was thinking about that with Mindy Sinclair. You're talking about her being like the medium place is lonely. It's just her. And yet at the same time, there's this concept and it's a famous quote from No, no Exit. Hell is other people. Uh-huh. Right. True, so which, right? which I think I think is so much what the good place is sort of saying is like <laughs> they are torturing each other. <laughs> so here's Mindy, who is kind of OK on her own. But at the same time, she's alone for eternity. And I think that's that's a really great contradiction. And that's why it's so medium mm-hmm. for her is like, you know, it's OK. She's she's lonely for eternity, but she doesn't like people. And it's like neither of those things is particularly good. But that's uh-huh. where that's Mindy St. Clair. And, and so she reacts to these visitors with a, it's sort of fascinating. And it's more fascinating, obviously, in season two, where she yeah. sort of like keeps getting them and they don't <laughs> remember her like it's kind of novel for her. But also, torture. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's also, she doesn't want them to be there. So <laughs> it's, it's. I love that contradiction in 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 her, which is fundamentally that's what she's all about, right? Is the contradiction is that she's an awful person, and yet she made one gesture that actually was incredibly valuable and helped humanity. And it's guess what? All of us as human beings are a bunch of contradictions. I, I mean, I, I think that's very clearly what the show is saying here. Yeah, and being alone is what also allows her to to stay the same and not change and not get better. So, right. in a way, right. the fact that that she doesn't want to she doesn't want to get better means that she gets to have an, a, a medium place because otherwise, if she wanted to get better or she had like aspirations, she couldn't be in a medium place she would have to either go to to a good place or a bad place but here is like a point of stasis where she can stay and she doesn't need to change right she can't progress in fact because it's just her yeah she can't and she doesn't want to which is what (laughs) makes her this unique case it's not that she did a really medium thing it's just that she's she's so isolated from people that she can stay in a place like this and just be fine, make her medium. Even her environment sort of reflects that 
stasis and point in time like it's so the time capsule of the 80s <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know totally her wardrobe is. and the house and all that we're just like she's been there 30 years mm-hmm. but it looks probably the same as it did the day she first arrived yeah i am sure that that jacket was on designing women <laughs> <laughs> yep yep right and, and that kind of leads into the end of her storyline which is where she is arguing with jason that that Eleanor should just, you know, screw her friends. They deserve it, or even if they don't deserve it, you don't deserve to, to sacrifice for them. And, you know, she's arguing, don't take a risk. Don't put yourself out for them. And Jason's kind of saying the same thing. Now, he's saying it because he's at risk, right? He knows that he doesn't want to go to the bad place. He's, you know, he's just totally, he is selfish, but at least he's he's totally admitting it for himself. He's like, no, no, I really don't want to go. And I, that that's going to be bad. I don't want to go. It's funny. I think one reason, though, there's a lot of reasons why Mindy's there, but I think one reason she's there is to give a coherent argument for Jason, because we know Jason can't give a completely coherent argument about what he wants, but Mindy can. She can elegantly say, well, here's why you should be selfish. And it was really interesting having them kind of tag team on Eleanor at the end and really just push her and push her and push her. You know, can you really say that you want to do this thing? You want to sacrifice yourself? And so her saying at the end, yes, I do. Yes, I really want to go. And yes, I want to do it enough that I'm willing to convince Jason to do it is is really kind of a victory for her, I think. Jason's we did it, like wanting to claim credit for all of this <laughs> is essentially what Eleanor would have done before she's improved herself. Like he he's taken it, he's happy with it, and she's not anymore. Mindy can make an elegant argument, but she's really placing like a sort of Pascal wager that all of her roads are bad so she's going to choose the path of least resistance or the easiest thing for her whilst jason is just thinking about the short term so i don't think they're they're using the same kind of logic internally but the one thing that powers jason through is the fact that janet is like the best thing that happened in his not life so he's gonna want to keep that right well and that's why he that's why he risks things though as well because he says well i want to get dad's approval mm. like otherwise he would yes, never have that's true revealed himself. i want to say that this is also uh speaking of characters who you don't really think of as coming in in the next to last episode of the first season but this is the episode where we really get mark evan jackson as sean the eternal judge who we see of course m- a lot in season two when he's revealed to be michael's boss uh, in the next episode and then throughout season two. But this is this is where we get the moment where he's off the train and he's adding this complication that, of course, in hindsight, I feel like this episode is one of the great episodes to watch after you know the reveal of the following episode <laughs> because it's so clear how this is all just about making more complications to make everybody more miserable. And, uh, and the existence of Sean here pretending to be the eternal judge who turns out, of course, we actually see the eternal judge in episode 12 of season two and and it's not mark evan jackson right it's uh, it's maya rudolph so um I, I think that's all kind of fun that they that they recycled the eternal judge thing and that they've got sean who is uh, you know he, he's adding like stakes right except we know now not really but they think this is these are the life and death the eternal damnation kind of stakes that happen with sean being present uh, that I think is, uh, I, and uh, with his cocoon and all that, I think it's good. Well, and there's a, a conversation between Sean and and Michael where there's no one watching because they're in Eleanor's room, that where he tells him, well, I think this may be time for yeah. <laughs> a checkup. You may, you may be up for retirement. Yep, yep. 
and he's still playing the judge role. So you may think, oh, this is a continuity error. But if you pay attention, it's like, yeah. I'm playing the game, mm -hmm. but I'm telling you, you may be in trouble. So it, it kind of works out either way. Right, I think that's actually that's actually in the next episode. But yeah, yes, it's in the next episode. Totally, I, I, I totally thought to that as well when I was just watching it. I was like, "Hey, why are they talking like they're in character when they're in another room?" And then you just see how Sean is just so making digs at Michael the whole time. Yeah, and just you know torturing Michael. It's so great. It's so much fun. <laughs> I, I love the way he introduced himself over the Janet walkie-talkie. Oh God, and, yes. Like, gives mm -hmm. the long spiel about being the eternal judge, and he goes. My name's Sean. <laughs> Red, and he's, he's shouting into her mouth. Oh, yeah, just so yeah. so much comedic potential there. Well, during that, so there's that, you know, that scene where the judges, everyone's kind of talking to the judge about various things, and the whole joke that they really kind of run with with that is that the judge has, they have to be, uh, what is it, emo unemotional to talk with yeah. him. So there's mm -hmm. those hysterical scenes where everyone's trying to argue for her, but they're doing it in this monotonic drone, and it's just, oh, it's really great. And, and and again, I think richer in rewatch, where you realize that this is not true. They are just screwing with these guys. I mean, what's like? What was the be the worst thing? They have to. You have to fight for your life, but not really. <laughs> Tahani was especially good in that scene. Just her expression of and telling them all to be like Kristen Stewart on the red carpet. Oh yeah, name dropping till the very end and at every moment. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Always. Of course. Well, and then at the end, when they, they're they waiting for to, for the final, the countdown to, to go, and they're like, hey, we're going to go to the, the bad place. And Tahani says, am I getting this wrong in the wrong place? No, this is still in episode 12, where Tahani says, forced to wear a knockoff handbag and, and drink tap water. <laughs> She's like, does that work? What do you think how is? I've forgotten that uh, Jason tried to use his Molotov oh, cocktail yeah. solution in this episode as well. Yep. We got our first Bortles. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Doesn't work this season. Works next season. Yeah. So that's, aside from the joke machine, I think that's, that's pretty much what happens in this episode. I think, uh, although I do, the other thing I wanted to say, um, is that I do think, you know, when we talk about, well, why, why is Mindy so late? I do think that the first season and the second season do have a lot of similarities. And again, I kind of talked about this in the last episode we had, that they kind of have this, these peaks in sort of the beginning and the end and the middle. And then in between, they have these, these moments where you realize that it's mostly about trying to do that sort of self-improvement while in the midst of some other longer running uh, crisis or issue that can take a couple of episodes to get through. And I do think that at the end of the second season, they, you know, they leave the, the bad place and they go to the bad place. They leave the good place and go to the bad place. And this sort of feels like that's a similar kind of, okay, let's, let's change things up right before the end by going somewhere new. And so I really do huh. feel like this, in hindsight, this kind of feels like this, they're used to this pattern. And so I think when we talk about season three, that I would predict, hey, these people have done it twice now. This third season's mm. going to feel a lot like this, even though the details are going to be different. They're going to do this again because they've already done it twice. And, and it's going to be fun and it's going to be different, but it's going to kind of be this pattern. And I'm kind of looking forward to how they do it. Yeah, that every season has a shape and, and uh, you're going to see similar things echoing. I, I, until we were talking about it, I didn't realize that the Judge episodes are episode 12 
you know, essentially twelve the twelfth half hour because right there were only twelve <laughs> because they they put two episodes in episode one of season two. But right. you, you get my point that the next to last episode mm-hmm. is the one where the where there's a judgment that is that is suggested. One before we move on to Michael's again, but I said I wanted to mention the thing we haven't really talked about that I think is super important in this episode is all of the Eleanor flashbacks because we, this is where we really get an idea. Uh, for the first time of what Eleanor's life was before. Um, and it includes not only her death, but it includes, I think most importantly, the scene where she asked to be, she basically gets her parents' signatures to emancipate herself. And mm-hmm. this has been referenced before, but, I, you know, I think for a show that, you know, originally the sitcom premise is, of course, that she's kind of an awful person and she gets into heaven by accident. And that's supposedly what the show's premise is. I think this is a super important step for you to get that much more compassion for Eleanor to understand just how messed up her childhood was and why she is the way she is. And it's, you know, there are jokes and it's funny, but it's also super sad that she is at whatever she is, 14, far more competent than either of her parents. And she knows she needs to take care of herself because they're not able to. And she has to get out from under them. And it's, uh, you know, so there's that that sadness to it, too. It's like it's like learning. A, a, we we th- thought we knew Eleanor. And then you get this dimension of her and you're like, oh, yeah, OK, I see. You know, and you feel for her that much more. And I think I think it needed to be done especially right before the end of the season. And uh, and I think it's pretty, pretty great stuff. Well, and Eleanor um, is defined by the fact that she doesn't, she thinks she doesn't need anyone. Like mm-hmm. she ha- brings her own cake to her cubicle and right. she doesn't want to be part of any club at school and she makes a big deal out of it. And so for her, the good place is a lot more about depending and needing other people, which is something that she never thought she needed to have. So you know, it's just a flashback of growth, I guess, for her, which is the whole series. But, you know, it's it's easier to feel for Eleanor. If you didn't, then the show wouldn't work. You wouldn't like her. <laughs> yep. Yes. And and at the same time, the very Eleanor calls, calls it that at some point she has to start to own up for her actions yes. and stop mm-hmm. blaming her parents, which is part of every, mm-hmm. <laughs> every decent upbringing. But we also... I love, for for example, how we see uh, at the beginning Eleanor uh, at the bit of my way and grabbing all the food and getting all the excess of, of her personality. Yep. And we see a person that's, like well, like we said, a person that doesn't need anybody and is just going to do herself, which is pretty much a comparison to Mini Sinclair itself. They're yep. both alike, but the thing that makes Eleanor good and Mindy Sinclair, let's say, medium, is that she got better. She wanted to get better and she actually did it, did. which is, mm-hmm. I guess, the point of all the flashbacks in, in the series, to show us how bad she was then and she, uh, how good she is now. They're not so much redeeming flashbacks as they are a sign of her progress, I guess. Yeah, no, I think uh, certainly what we see right before she dies is is peak Eleanor, right? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> and it's also, it's really interesting that you bring that up because, you know, she says more than once, you know, I really deserve a medium place. And she says that before we know that there is a medium place. Mm-hmm. And then we get a medium place with basically Eleanor in there. So, yeah, yes. it, it totally makes sense. It, it hangs together. Yeah, but she doesn't stay. 
which that shows never that stays. she progressed. Yeah, that she <laughs> that she's not the same Eleanor that she was when she arrived. Right. When again, she, she leaving is difficult. Actually, she has to argue her way out of it. So it isn't even just that she mm -hmm. just just anyway, slips off. She has to fight for it. And the show does something fairly clever. That is, that Janet is the one in control of the train, and they need and Janet needs the approval of Jason, which makes her have to fight her way not only with herself but also with Jason, with Jason. to convince him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would have been very easy for Eleanor to say, "Oh, it's out of my hands. I wanted to go back," but Jason said, "No, so I'm going to stay." But no, she's still tries to convince Jason and he still she still does it so what do you think she's really convincing Jason or just kind of browbeating him into doing what she wants uh, <laughs> how much convincing can you do with someone like Jason right, right. Yeah. I mean as a married person that's the same thing right <laughs> uh, okay sure moving on okay so so the aren't you newlyweds Sarah <laughs> Yes, yes, no. We're very happy. Well, doesn't she say <laughs> in season 13... Is everything okay? Yeah, yeah no, we're good. <laughs> uh, well, doesn't she, doesn't uh, Janet say somewhere in the 13th episode that, like, no, 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 they're not actually officially married or something? So... That it's not a legal yeah, ceremony. Legal. Yeah, not legal. Yeah, oh, well. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so the, the 13th episode, um, and this, you know, we talked about peak Eleanor before. I feel like this is sort of peak season one. Because they really just go, like, they took the premise of, like, oh, this thing means two things at once. And they just pushed it to 11 with everything that they do in this episode. All the flashbacks before the reveal are just, are just so much about, you know, showing it to you one way, but it's actually really, really easily seen as being this other way underneath once you, once you get the reveal. It definitely means two things. So, like, the, the office flashback, um, the way they mention it, they... Like the, the guy who's talking with uh, Michael at the beginning, I think his name is Dave. They talk about the new crop of incoming instead of, you know, the new crop of good people or bad people or people going mm -hmm. to, you know, the good places, bad places. So you, know, you don't know which is which until, until you get the reveal. And then what's the other one? Oh, Michael says, we never get to be there to see how fun it is. And you think that means that it's the good place, seeing them with fun? And no, he's actually just saying he wants to, it's, it's fun to see people tortured. And Val, who's talking to him in the second flashback, says, just try to do a good job, like uh, do a good job at torturing people. But again, we don't see that. So again, they're just so clever with it. So what do people think about episode 13? Well, I mean, it's, this is the, this is legendary. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> this, is the, this is the thing that really got the, I feel like the buzz for people who weren't watching it after this twist, which I saw somebody today say, well, I mean, the twist is pretty obvious, isn't it? And it's like, um, well, nobody got it. <laughs> So, and I think because it's hidden inside a sitcom premise where you're like, well, it is the way it is because it has to be a sitcom. And it's like, no, no, no. Yes. Yes. It is not. <laughs> and and it's, a, it's a nice way. How do you embed that? So people like brush off all of the questions yep. of like, because yep. I thought from, to, to back up, since I haven't been on this podcast, um, I, I, the whole first season, I'm like, how is Tahani in the good place? She's terrible, <laughs> right? And, um, and, um. and I, yeah, and yet I never said, well, wait a second. What if all of them, right? I just sort of said, well, it's a, it's a show. Um, and it turns out that that was the trick. And that was Mike Schur's greatest trick was saying, you just think it's a premise that you're going to go with. But in this episode, and I love the boldness of it, it's less than halfway through. Well, we get that yep. moment. Mm -hmm. You know the moment where Ted Danson goes, <laughs> uh, you got me, uh. right? 
and it and it is such a great moment. I have seen that scene like fifty times. It's so <laughs> yep. great. Yep, yep. And then the fall and and the, the setup with Kristen Bell, where she's yep. like yeah, she's yeah. finally got the upper hand in this place. All this time that she's been beaten down, where she's felt like she doesn't belong here, and she's just fighting to stay, stay alive. And then all of a sudden, she's like, "I got it. I win. Like I beat you." I know what's going on here. And then you get all the fallout and you get more flashbacks and and all those flashbacks, right? It is it is so great, you know, and, and shows do this, but I didn't really expect it as much from The Good Place when I watched this for the first time. The idea that you do that episode with flashbacks that explain that what you thought you were seeing is not quite what you were seeing. And that moment where you realize you're seeing Michael in his office before he gets to be the architect of this place before you know the twist, it's like, ooh, now we get to hear the, you know, why he is the way he is. <laughs> okay, okay. And then, of course, after the reveal, you get all, you get the Lava Man and all the other parts, and you realize <laughs> that Sean's the boss and, and, and all of that's going in there. And it's just, I, I, this, I could watch this episode endlessly because it's <laughs> so good. It takes those 12 episodes of character development and premise development and then just brings down the hammer. Like, now we're we're going to pay off every single thing that you've seen and then push uh as the show has done both seasons by the way push you slightly into the next season right. before mm-hmm. you say goodbye just enough that you're like oh is that what the next season is and then the door closes and and you have to wait so yeah i, I i'm so glad to be on this episode cuz i mean <laughs> what could be a better treat than being asked right. to talk about michael scambit it's amazing just amazing i think i to mentioned this before, but I know we've all st- kind of started watching the shows at different times, and I watched it from the beginning, like in real time. So I had no clue a twist was yeah, coming me too, me too, at any point. But I said I think I maybe figured it out like three or four minutes before <laughs> Eleanor did. Yeah, I, yep, I, I, yep. like there was something that I was like. I think they're in the bad place. And then it was, <laughs> but before that episode, I had no clue that was where they were going. Yeah. Yeah. It's like comedians that say that if you want a good punchline, people have to figure out where you're going. But just like a minute before, right before mm-hmm. so they can start feel smart and feel clever and get that twist. And there's there's got to be something in terms of comedy and, and I think writing in general of this idea that you... You need to sell your premise by wrapping it in a different premise, and that that's how you do a that's how you do a, a twist. That's how you you've got to. It's not even quite misdirection. It's just got to be. It's got to be embedded in something you accept. It's. I, I'm reminded of the. There's a um a classic uh, stand-up comedy routine that uh, somebody did. Um, I think it might have been Jay Leno back in the day when he was a David Letterman guest, and it was the Star Trek joke, which is. Um, they always they always wrap their inane premise into things you actually know. So it's like uh, I'm sure you're all aware of the the works of Plato, Socrates, and Cremus of Rigel Seven, right? Yeah. It's like oh oh wait a second you did you twisted it there with a science fictional <laughs> thing. That's how, sort of how I feel about this. Is like it's 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 wrapped in a candy coating, and we are all like okay, there's an afterlife, and this is all going on all that, and then there's that moment where it's like, but you you accepted too much, right? You swallowed it. And now you're going to regret it. And it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. But I, I, I also agree, like, the, yeah, about, that's the perfect timing, isn't it? Like, just before yeah. the, the character gets it, you, you're like, oh. And then when it happens, you're like, yay, I'm so smart. I figured it out one minute after watching the show for, <laughs> for, for six hours. One minute before it was real, I figured it out. Medals for me. 
Well, Sarah, you were the other one who had who had been watching it in real time of of our normal panelists. Um, what did you did? Where was your reaction to this? Well, first, I attempted to do an evil laugh, which I've never been able to do, <laughs> uh, and I still can't do. I sound like Fat Albert. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, yep. But then uh, after that, uh, <laughs> no, my you know my parents watch it too, which is a little bit strange. They. Uh, they didn't know what to expect, and this is not their kind of show, yeah. and so mm-hmm. I heard a lot of complaints after this episode, which is when I liked it more and they liked it less. It yeah. just wasn't traditional enough for them. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't expecting a twist. They didn't want a twist, and what are they doing? But for me, I mean, it, it was all the more intriguing. I mean, I, you know, it's one of those things where you've probably seen The Usual Suspects, so you know the twist, so you'll never be able to watch that movie again. Well, with this, we all knew the twist, but watching it a second time, knowing that in the back of your head, it actually made it better, better. in some mm-hmm. ways because you totally. know that it's mm-hmm. coming, um, which I think is really hard to pull off. I don't know that I've had a TV show that I've learned so much, had so much to chew on, and then also just, you know, laughed. This is, this is a really special TV series. I don't know that we're going to get too many like this one. It's kind of crazy that it's on broadcast, right? Yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah, although I, I do wonder if that helps us by the premise, right? I, I do wonder if that helped us excuse uh, some of the, you know, and not have that engagement of like, is this really, do uh, these people true. really belong yeah. here? I think mm-hmm. there might be, uh, you know, as uh, uh, maybe not, but uh, as clever as Mike sure is, I, I wonder if, if there is a little bit of that too, which is you just accept that it's kind of a pat network TV premise in which funny things are happening. And then um, for that reveal to happen where it's totally not. And I can see how somebody um, who, somebody like Sarah's parents might be like, "Mm, wait a second now. Although I I would argue that I feel like (laughs) as it goes, I, if they watched the second season, I think it might earn them back just because it is still about what it's about in the first season, which I think is it's the nicest so trick is. of the second. Yes. Mm-hmm. The second season, the trick there is that you, you because watching it straight through, I, um, I, I was really afraid of season two because it, season one felt so perfect. And the fact is season two, <laughs> as different as it is plot wise, it's the same show. It's about the same thing. Like this is a show that's about something. And just because the circumstances of the characters have changed doesn't mean that the show isn't still about that same thing. I couldn't tell you if they still watch it, but I do know that they tape a lot of HGTV. So probably not. That's fair. No, boy. <laughs> that's the real good place. Well, and, and we had, we had mentioned in a, in a previous rewind episode, uh, I think I mentioned that Michael in, in some episodes says exactly the same arguments that he will say again in the second season but presumably, you know, as part of his act, but they are the same arguments. This whole idea that the the characters, the human characters are going to grow and learn after their death. That's not a new argument in, in at the end of season two. He says it to the demons the, in the middle of season one. And it just blew my mind that he was saying it because I went, wait, hold on. You, you know, you say that again without even blinking for real later on. And I just thought that was it, like, that really hit home to me that, you know, the writers want to talk about certain things and they're going to use whatever hmm. we give them to do it. And, but that does bring another interesting point. And again, I'll try not to take long with it. In season two, we didn't have that, that cover story anymore. And thinking about it, we kind of think about the last couple of days, it really does kind of 
make it harder for the showrunners. Because the first season, you know, they're trying to portray heaven, basically, and you kind of can't do it, right? Because people just can't imagine a really perfect place that has no flaws. So there are always going to be flaws in, in whatever you come up with. And, you know, it winds up they wove in some of those flaws into the cover story that they were using. Oh, here's why we're... Here's why all these unexplained things were happening. Well, in season two, they don't have that excuse anymore. So all the weird things that happen that are like, you know, it would, would heaven really work that way? Is, is you know, the eternal judge really going to look like a, a, you know, a normal old lady eating guac? Maya Rolf. Yeah. Is that really what's going to happen? And there's no, there's no way around it anymore. No, this is really what's, but of course, unless there's a big twist coming up in season three, who knows? But probably, probably not, right? Like this is, this has been portrayed pretty much straight up. And it's just really kind of interesting that that I do feel like, in hindsight, season two didn't have the, the same kind of cleverness to it that season one did. Still very enjoyable, liked all the characters, but they couldn't rely on that anymore. And that, I, I think it shows. I would say it's more straight-laced and uh, regular uh, programming regular show. Regular sitcom, because yeah. Yeah, because they add, by not having those those trappings to, to hide things that you have to talk about all the topics that they want to talk about, which is that you can get better and that there is an, uh, a sort of... Uh, that people can can improve, basically. That's like the, the basic premise of the show, that that everyone's good place is different and there's no really a good reason to, to send someone to the bad place. I would say that's the, like the core premise. And while that's sort of laid on on the first season by not having the the secret twist at the end they have to just talk about that all season two so in a way it's more a regular sitcom than season one i have to say the rewatch of season one I don't know how we all just looked over the fact of all the clowns. It <laughs> <laughs> should have been a, a tip-off. Like, all those clowns, nobody thought, huh, this is a really odd thing well, to have in the good place. It, again, it is, it is that idea. I mean, this is the brilliance of it, right? It's the, the, the real Eleanor premise allows you to dismiss it and be like, I guess the real Eleanor is a saint who also likes creepy <laughs> clowns. So she's a weirdo, but she must be great. <laughs> and we meet her, and of course, and then real Eleanor has to be like, oh, yeah, clowns. Clowns are great, right? Which is like, <laughs> we don't stop it and say, well, wait a second, why? There's something that came up in the Good Place podcast that I wanted to mention that I'd never really thought about before, but is so true in watching it back, which is... Um, Kristen Bell is wearing real Eleanor's clothes, so she's always uncomfortable. Um, she, and in the flashbacks, she's wearing totally different kinds of clothes because oh. those are the kinds of clothes that Eleanor Shellstrop would wear. But when she's her wardrobe, she doesn't have her clothes. That's part of her torture <laughs> is that she's in somebody else's house wearing somebody else's clothes. These are the kind of clothes that the nice lady who saved all those people um, would wear and not that Eleanor Shellstrop would wear. And that's another just another layer that I I never noticed until they mentioned it on on the show that everything in that house is you know is under the premise that there's a different Eleanor who's not her, but it also is there to torture her. That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, and this episode I think had my favorite clown moment or maybe it was the previous episode <gasps> where Michael says something about it being like the saddest day of his life as he steps into the room and a, 
doors close and yep. play the clown music. Yep, yep. yep. It's this episode. <laughs> I think this this episode of the one before it also is one of the rare reverse shots where you see the other side of the door, which has two scary clowns on it. Yes. So that you've got the Pagliacci <laughs> clown on the outside, but they're the two ones with my, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrifying. I have to sleep with that. I also noticed this time more, um, I loved Ted Danson's uh, physicality after the evil laughter as he like goes and sits down on the little like poof thing and then knocks the plant yep. off the table oh. next to him. Like, just so like, I just don't know what to do. He's so grumpy. Oh. No, it's the best. The, it is sort of interesting, right? Because the, the evil laugh is a certain signature to us, right? Oh, he's actually a bad person. But the, the show always kind of toys with this idea of, you know, what does it mean to be to be bad in this way? Like the, the, the bad place has all these these screams of people getting tortured that we hear that, you know, it's really horrible. Like if you were actually to really imagine what was happening to those people, like it would not be a comedy anymore. So when they say, well, Michael is evil, they have that one moment of him doing, you know, the evil overlord laugh. But it's still kind of a snigger. And then he immediately goes straight into little boy petulance. Right, like that's as bad as he gets. He's not actually a sadist, at least in the human terms. He's just kind of a a, a jerk. I don't know that we've discussed the uh, premise at all of this, besides you know being impressed by Michael and Eleanor, <laughs> but that they have to choose too to go to the bad place, and that that's been shifted around throughout the episode, um, and then uh, that Michael anticipates the choices they make and mm-hmm. sends Bamajan and yep. Vicky, Vicky in. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's really the only pieces of this where we've gotten very much outside of Eleanor and Michael in this episode. You see a little bit of Jason feeling happy because of Janet and Janet doing what Janet does. And then, uh, you know, Chidi and Tahani are mostly off screen until they have to make a decision. Um, so really, this is this is kind of squaring us with the first episode, where what we're mostly doing is spending time with yep. Eleanor. Yep. Eleanor is basically is is the main character in, in this piece, um, and I noticed that also when after the reveal, and there are those moments, and they're really brief, where we go through, okay, why is Chidi here? Okay, why is Tahani here? And it's just really you know snap, 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 like one after the other. Yes, this is why you're here, and they acknowledge it, and Tahani is willing to acknowledge it right away, which I thought was interesting. And then Chidi, and then Chidi is willing to acknowledge it right away. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. This, and I was wondering, like, why is that? Because, of course, in season two, in the, after all the reboots, it's actually much harder to get Tahani to admit that she really belongs here. So I wonder if we can think of sort of in-show in reasons why it would... Now, <laughs> in, in terms of this episode, of course, they need to go very quickly because so much of it, the time needs to be spent with, with Eleanor. Like, there's a whole bunch of other plot to go through. But it did, it, it did strike me that, yeah, they don't have much time to talk. And when they do, they have to get through it pretty quickly. Yeah, we very quickly do, I mean, accelerate to that end point where um, Michael reveals that he's going to reboot them, which is a concept that we have not seen right. to this point, which is really terrifying as human beings and also as an audience of like, but wait, wait a second, you're going to erase this entire show that we just watched? And season two has to do a very <laughs> careful job of getting you to feel like it's okay what happened that, yep. that these are still the same people regardless but um it it, it moves really fast and and you're, you're right there with eleanor when she tears the you know tears the page out of the book and writes a note on it and sticks it into janet's mouth because it, it, they have moments to spare and and then boom the you know the episode 
is over and the season is over. It, it happens pretty suddenly. It's uh it's it yeah, the pacing of this is relentless. Suspense is great, yeah, the suspense is great. But like oh. but like right before that, like we kind of get it's funny because we get sort of Eleanor gets a victory lap, but I think the show kind of gets a victory lap. Like they get a chance to explain the trick to you, to explain mm-hmm. all the underlying things that you've really been seeing but haven't really been paying attention to. Here's what we did and here's why it's so great. And it's it's Eleanor kind of thinking it through. And you get the sense that it's all been bubbling in the back of her head. And she really, it just sort of snapped. Like, she didn't have to think about it after the idea came to her. It was all clear to her. But when her saying it, like, yeah, okay, here's how we all tortured each other. And this is the show telling us, here's how they all tortured each other. Here's, here's why you should believe this twist. And it was just, and then Eleanor gets to say, you know, no, we were all came together. This is the, the feel-good you know, resolution of a show, we get to have that. So we get to have that moment of them, of, you know, hey, this is great, you know, happy ending, right? Nope, we're going to take it away. (laughs) And yeah, the pacing was great on this. I really enjoyed the white pause with the, you know, flashing white screen where you think that's the end that you're getting. Um, And then it just goes a little bit further. Um, And they do that, (laughs) you know, in both seasons. But it's just enough to make you really want the next season to be there right now. So, <laughs> you know, it, for the people who are binging the show on Netflix, it, you know, they get to keep going, but who knows what season three is going to be like. We're going to, we're going to be a mess guys. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah it, it, it is interesting for both season one. And I feel like the end of season two, the last episode did feel like the start of something new, especially for the end of season two. Yeah. Like I felt like, the last episode of season two really could have been the first episode of season three. They could have ended mm. episode 12 and kind of ended it there. And then 13 could have been the first episode of season three, which is so different from what you normally see in a show. Yep. They did mix it up. Um, I do feel comparing the two seasons that the episode at the end of season two felt more hopeful than the episode at the end of season one. Episode two, yes. we've kind of been through a bunch of these reboots, and we know that they can make their way through it. And, you know, the kids are going to be all right. And season one, oh, my God, we have no idea what's going to happen. We don't know no idea how they're going to survive, whether Eleanor's gambit is going to succeed. It's all very suspenseful. It just feels feels quite different. And great, but but different. So, like, I, and, you know, I said during our recap episode for the last episode of season two that, you know, I would actually be, have been pretty happy if, if it had not been renewed. I mean, obviously, I would rather have more stories with these characters, but I could have just sort of stopped there and said, you know what, I can imagine what what they're conquering this particular challenge is going to be like in my head. I don't necessarily need to see it because I know they're going to do it. Um, of course, it's great that we are going to go through again, but but season one, I think if I had gone through the end of season one, I'm like, you know, no, damn it, I need yeah. to see, I need to see what they're going to do, how they're going to get through it. I hope yeah. the finale's not like that, where they... <laughs> Or they give us just enough at the end, but it's definitely over. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can they do that? All right, so here, why don't we talk a little bit about what we think is going to happen in season three? Because I don't think we're not going to have enough time to do a uh, sort of a, a spoiler episode. <laughs> uh, no. Um, uh, uh, speculation. Uh, speculation. Episode, right. On season three. So let's talk about it a little bit now. Like what? So I've kind of said, I think the, the arc of it's going to be about the same as the other two seasons, because I think that's what they're going to do. But we've got this whole new thing where they're supposedly on Earth. And they've all got to find each other, right? Because, of course, they have to find each other. So, you know, my thinking is, well, they are going to find each other. That's going to be the first peak, is them all scrambling around and finding each other. I don't know how. I have no idea 
they're all going to go to Florida, right? What? I don't know. But, and then <laughs> they're going to be like, okay, we have to start, you know, again, sort of starting, you know, start to be better people somehow for some reason. And, you know, that'll get us through the first half of the season and then something will happen. You know, but what do people think? What, what are, what's on people's minds about what's going to happen? Without spoilers, right? Without what you know is spoilers. <laughs> I have a feeling this season might move slower than the last two. I don't know why, but I just think, I, I don't know, I can't see them getting together quickly. Like, it feels okay. like there's more obstacles. They may surprise me, but I feel like it's going to be a slower start. I feel the opposite. Like, <laughs> I feel they're going to just flash, flash forward over all the, all the Earth stuff, and then we're going to land somewhere slightly more familiar, because I don't think they can tell a story in that setting. I don't think it lends itself. I want to see what they do on Earth. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I think that's probably where I'm leaning to, just because we know that Michael and Janet are not with the group, that they'll probably right. wrap it up fairly fast to get everyone mm. back together. But I've been wrong many times with this show. So, uh, you know, it says a lot that I'm willing to trust them. Uh, to whatever their storyline happens to be. I'm sure it's just going to be wacky. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if they have like a season order in place as far as they know when it's going to end. Um, and that, I think, would help me at least a little bit. If I knew that you know, it was just going to run for X number of seasons, then I could oh, sort of wrap you. my head mm -hmm. around it. But uh, yeah, no, at, at this point, I don't know. I feel like... Um the the i think the earth thing has a lot of opportunity first off we know that michael is a cheater right like cheater before and now cheater where he's <laughs> providing he was he was a cheater when he was running the good place and now he's cheating on earth by like going in and giving him little little tips and little nudges and i think there's more to be mined there of the idea that michael and janet are not only kind of navigating the bureaucracy of the afterlife but they're also kind of the guardian angels of these four people not trying mm -hmm. to not trying to um you know change who they are as much as as give them opportunities to to show that they have the capacity to improve themselves and that that last episode of season 2 really hammered that home that you know it's not easy but eleanor has an opportunity to be a better person if she works at it and and so there's there's opportunities for that there's opportunities for lots of comedy involving tahani and her sister and her family involving jason oh, and yeah. everything that jason does <laughs> in jason's life all of that is in there too. Pillboy? What's, what's the, his name? Pillboy. Pillboy. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the various coming together of the characters and, and all of that while while Michael and uh and Janet are kind of like observing slash interfering. I think they could I could think they could mind that for a long time. I do think ultimately this show's endgame, again, I'm gonna go big theory here. I think this show's endgame is all about changing the rules of how people are judged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like fundamentally, like they are going to break the good place and the bad bad place and the rules that they currently have in place and show them how unjust it is. And it is essentially a revolution in the afterlife of of Michael leading the way and saying you can't uh, you can't sentence people 
in the, to the bad place for eternity because they all have the capacity, the capacity to improve themselves. And that this is, you know, again, I, I do think that there is a prison metaphor here a little bit, which is, this, mm. is this about rehabilitation or is it about punishment? And if we're truly just and we're truly good, this should be about making people improve, you know, be able to improve themselves and have that opportunity, not just about being punitive. And I, I would like to believe that that is, that is where this show ends up, where where Michael is almost an accident. This demon who had this dumb idea is almost like the accidental leader of something that allows all the souls in the bad place to have a chance to go in their own little virtual world and, like these four people, see, you know, end up finding a way to improve themselves and have it count. They're setting a precedent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the argument is that now you're going to need to do this. Michael, you and your 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 pals are going to need to do this for for everybody. You're going to we're mm-hmm. going to really need to give everybody a, an opportunity to be better people and that that's what this is all about. Um, but I do think they're going to spend a lot of time on Earth. I could be wrong, too, because who knows what these people are going to do. These <laughs> writers are so brilliant and so strange with their the ideas that they've got. But I've, I just feel like there's so much to mine in terms of they're in the real world, but Michael is pulling the strings a little bit. And uh, there are probably some rules we don't know about, about what you can do on Earth in this new timeline and whether it's allowed or not. And, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they either kill them all or they, like, wind the timeline back <laughs> at some point in order to judge whether this worked or not. If Janet says not an angel, I'm going to say that you called it. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that I would like to see Janet go down into earth and, and uh, interfere in some way and be a human, try to be a human on earth. Um, Aww. I would like them to. That'd be so cute. I don't know that Janet could pass. <laughs> oh, she's <laughs> getting better. She's progressing. Maybe she'll be Siri on someone's phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Florida woman. Um, but and the other one is, I do think this gives them the chance to include uh, guest actors in a way that they haven't been able to do in all the other episodes because mm. it's kind of a, been a bottle show, like the whole show right. has been a bottle show. And now they can, you know, it's a whole world. They can do whatever they want. They can be in in um, uh, big scenes with lots of people in a way that completely different than what they've been doing now. I don't know. The the, the sky's the limit. Right, and I, I hope they take advantage of that to some degree, before they bring us back to uh, a, a more limited uh, area that they're going to, going to work in. So, any other any other thoughts about what's coming up or what you want to come up? Wish lists are also uh, encouraged here. <laughs> My long-term wish list is that I want to see our four characters put in charge of a good place. <laughs> oh, oh my God. That's, I, want, I, I want them to, be my, to have to do Michael's job. Oh, oh, I think okay. that w- I, I, I do wonder if that is, like I was mentioning the end game, if that's part of the end game is, oh, you yeah. think this is so great? Well, now you work for Michael, <laughs> and you have to do this, and you have to build a world for these people where they can get better, and, and it's not so easy, is it? I, I, that's my dream is, like, yeah. ultimately, Eleanor and Jason and Tahani and Chidi have to uh, have to are given new recruits that they have to do to them <laughs> what was done to them, which is would be hilarious. Oh, Jason's world. What would Jason's world look like? Uh, I I can't. I mean, it would just be the stadium where the Jaguars play. <laughs> yep. And because <laughs> what could be better? Could be better. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would be eating stupid wicks and stupid oh, right. wicks yep. wings. Yep. <laughs> Learning how to make Molotov cocktails, right? That uh, would be a required sure. skill. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's their own purgatory is to they have to rehabilitate other people. 
I, you know, I long term would like Michael to be a real boy like Pinocchio. That's <laughs> like he, <laughs> no, true. He, yep. he he has redeemed himself so much that he mm. becomes something entirely different. I think you know we see his progression, and I I feel like the second season is is more about Michael than it is about Eleanor, right. mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I I would I would like it if he if he got to you know spread his wings. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> grown. Right. No. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, Mike sure, cl- Mike sure claimed that he was in Italy and saw uh, a, a a statue or a painting of Archangel Michael at the gates of heaven, and was like, "That's what I need to name that character." But I keep thinking, or the idea here or... is that ultimately Michael is going to be the one who completely changes the system, and and mm. he's appropriately named, but. You know that is that is kind of a shaggy dog ending, but I, I hope that Mike sure comes up with something greater. Plus, just the the textual idea that there is a guy named Michael who runs the show and is responsible for the entire world that we're watching. But he says yeah. he says that's totally not why yeah. he's named Michael. I'm not sure I believe him. Yeah, that's so good. I wonder where the name Michael Scott comes from then. Mm-hmm. I mm. yeah. Well, Mike sure Mike sure didn't. He was on the Office, right? But he didn't he didn't create it. So that he I don't think he's responsible for. For uh, I don't that know. character's name, it's headcanon for me now. <laughs> that works. Well, the, all his characters yep. are named Michael. <laughs> well, one of the things we get in this in the second season is an emphasis on something that was also in the first season, which is that you can't do something if you know you're going to gain from it, right? So the whole point of the of the reboot on Earth was that they they have to get away. They, they have to not have this idea anymore that they're going to get points. And we just saw it. What in episode? Was this 13, 12, 13, and then 11, I think, was the one where Eleanor had that little watch that showed her points total, and she couldn't get points if she knew she was going to get for it. I would like Michael and Janet to have a chance to prove themselves, because Michael has not yet had that chance either, because right now he's still doing everything, and he said it. He says it in the last episode of, of season two. Oh, yeah, if this fails, I'm going to be retired. I'm going to be you know tortured or whatever. So he still isn't doing things just for the sake of being a good person. He's still doing it because he also knows he's going to get punished if he doesn't. And I want an arc somewhere, somehow, where he gets to do good things just because he wants to do a good thing. And so, yeah, that's how mm-hmm. my wish goes. And Janet, too. I want Janet to also be able to prove herself to be a good person. And again, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know if they're going to do it, but it's on my list. Not a person. Not a person. Not, Not a robot. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Not legal. <laughs> but yeah, like, what if she were? Like, I. Again, it would be a wonderful series of jokes if suddenly, yes, I'm a person, mm. right? What if she actually ever gets to say that? Because we don't know what she is, right? We don't know what she says from the end of season two. She's she says that. mainframe. <laughs> well, she says, I'm becoming something new, and I don't know what it is yet. And even in season one, you know, again, she's acting very weird and very unlike a Janet, I think, uh, at the end of this episode. Obviously, she's married to, to Jason, although she's still not willing to actually go with him to the bad place. I guess she can't, <laughs> but uh, she can't. I guess yeah. I just hi- I want to just reference. Uh, you could for more thoughts about Janet and what she is and what she is, and check out episode one hundred and twenty three of Robot or Not, oh, where we <laughs> address directly <laughs> Janet from the Good Place, who says she's not a robot, but do we yep. believe her? Or as John Syracuse <laughs> puts it, never believe what a robot tells you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Why should you? Okay, so anything else before we get to kind of the joke machine? portion of the evening 
And again, if Jason, if you're not familiar, we, we've kind of taken, or I've kind of taken, and everyone is humoring me, to calling sort of the endless series of jokes that we get in all of these episodes is the joke machine that just, yes, every couple of minutes, there's always at least one joke coming up, coming up, coming up. So we tend to take the, the end of the episode to go over you, anything that we have we've missed. And there were a bunch oh, yeah. of, there were a bunch of jokes this time around that were, that were really cool. Um, I feel like you always say that and it's always It's always true, true right? Yeah, well, I'm not a robot, so I, I can I can speak the truth. <laughs> so the the one at the very beginning where Janet says, Jason told me about sexy things, and I have in my notes, uh-oh, right? And it says, Lamborghinis, cool snakes, spinning rims, 20,000 followers on Instagram, girls with pigtails eating lollipops, and Eleanor gives him a dirty look when, when she says that, latex pants, Carl's Jr. ads, and sex. And then the that, that's the joke, mm. and then the, the beat is Eleanor says, eh, some of those are right. When it's revealed that Eleanor uh, flirted with Kid Rock on Instagram, oh. so that makes her two celebrity people, Kid Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved uh, real, real Eleanor's reaction to that. Oh, I liked, um, I guess I guess it's a joke, kind of a joke, but um, Mindy's comment about getting electrocuted by the third rail and not thinking that was the type of rail that would kill her. Yep. <laughs> I, I um, want to put a shout out in, uh, in episode 13 to, uh, to uh, the, big, um, the big reveal. Well, for, first off, I really love the moment where Bamba John comes in and says, I just found an obscure precedent in the rules that might save everyone because it's such a Scooby-Doo kind of moment, which, which is just like, um, why is – it's just, yeah, it's, it, that's great. And then um, Vicky – uh, that is the best where, where she says y'all can suck it, right <laughs> and she walks out backward it says, and, they, and they are aghast because they thought that this was this wonderful real Eleanor that is y'all can suck it is the best, it's the sh- best. that's great it is, yeah hmm. the, their final the use your use of that, that that moment of like yeah we're gonna we're gonna turn her around oh yeah and, and she nailed it I, this was I think we you know we kind of talked about season two that Vicky didn't necessarily have the 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 breadth that I think we were wanting from her and from that actress, because that actress is so great. Um, because yeah, like this, like she was so good at being fake Eleanor, like throughout the first season, like she really nailed it. And just this idea that like, Oh, she's actually acting at all. It's, it's just, yeah, it's great. I like that. One of the restaurants is called perfect temperature pizza. <laughs> I like, um, I like the contents of Mindy Sinclair's house, especially the jukebox that's got only the Eagles and it's only the live versions versions, and spoken word poetry from William Shatner. It's deeply terrible. Yeah. What's the bad places Uh. obsession with spoken word poetry? (laughs) Apparently they're all terrible. I didn't. I feel like that's the, the writer's hatred. Yeah. Like frozen yogurt and uh, clam chowder. Until Mm -hmm. this episode, I didn't notice that when the, um, walkie-talkie protocol was enabled with Janet. Uh, Mindy is sitting there with her book and her scissors. <laughs> so oh, really? Okay. Yeah, she's yeah, I didn't like notice all reading, that when Eleanor... and, but she had her, her scissors in her hand, so oh, she must have that's been terrible. prepping her homemade pornography again. <laughs> I didn't notice when Eleanor was in the uh, checkout line that there was a magazine with Tahani on it. Yes. Yep. 
next to was there oh. mm-hmm. it was like the sophisticated international sophisticate or something yeah she's not just someone's sister or something yes like yes that, that was yeah, that was the that was the the title yep Oh, don't let's not forget Chris, the mailman, who in the reboot is Eleanor's soulmate and rips off. He has it like a tearaway shirt. No, no, no. He actually uh, he just takes off the shirt in this one. He just takes it off. Or he just he just does it in a yeah. very violent way because he's uh, mm-hmm. got to go working out. It's it's uh, what it's he hilarious. is. <laughs> yeah, the, he tears off the, the tuxedo in the in the restaurant or tuxedo or the the suit or whatever it is. But yeah, this time around he's just taking it off. Just so. pulls it off suddenly because he's got to show <laughs> off his chest and then run off to the. <laughs> Here's this guy, and we're all disappointed. Like, <laughs> here he is. He's he's good looking, but no, we want Chidi. Bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I think it's not. It's the next to last line of the entire season is actually I think a great line too, which is simply, "What the fork is a Chidi?" Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Just the way uh, Eleanor says, she says uh, when she figures it out, she's like. Holy mother forking shirt balls. Shirt balls. Like, mm. what? And we're thinking, like, what is going on? And the other characters are like, what is, like, we don't know what happened yet at that point. But oh, so well, There's just such a zest on her part, just a, a, a real enjoyment of that moment on her part that, yeah, like, the reason we can watch it over and over again is just because there's so much energy to it uh, for what she's saying. Yeah, it, it's great. So let me see the, what is it when, uh, when Jason is talking, there's one point when Jason is talking and he says, it's scary, like Ratatouille. And yeah, it's not scary. <laughs> Rats are controlling me, right? <laughs> sure. It's so hard to get humans to pull other humans' teeth. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> that was so great. He nailed that, that line. That was so great. Yeah. And Michael said, I yeah. hope he's back in season three because I like him so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it'll depend on on how much the bad place is coming after you know Michael and everybody else. And yeah, he was great. Or if we get a lot more Maya Rudolph too. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, so at one point where Michael says uh, he's getting them their their ice cream for Tahani and Chidi, and he says, "Don't think of it like a last meal, more like the the final food you'll ever eat." That was him. Yeah. <laughs> not not so reassuring there, Michael. Oh, the the fedoras oh, that God, uh, yes. <laughs> were supposed to put on for yep, their trip yep, to yep. the bad place. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, oh, and then Jason when they're when they're talking about the before the reveal and they're all kind of arguing and talking, and Jason says, "Let's look at this ethnically." Right, so that's a little callback to him saying ethnically. Uh, <laughs> and then he talks about uh, you guys helped. Uh, me and Eleanor do bad things and therefore you're bad and it's basic consequentialism and she was like oh my god you, the, the one time you remember something from class is to get your way out of it yep, yep. oh this is the first time I, I think Eleanor fully acknowledged that she might be into Tahani yep. Oh, yep. right right which the look on Tahani's face during that is priceless yes. she's got such a wide eyed look on her face <laughs> I like that the honey says uh, most of her friendship with Eleanor is giving her fashion <laughs> yep. advice. That's just such the honey. And uh, I would say Jason's realization that he like figured it out the first night when he said they were on a prank Actually, show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a high five. She's like, all right, bud. Good job. Yeah, you did. <laughs> right. 
We may burn in hell, but yeah, good job. Well, and then you know, they go back and forth about all of it, you know, who to go and where to go. And Tahani said, no, no, I'll go because then I'll get to go with Chidi. And Eleanor says, you realize the bad place is not some sort of couples retreat, right? <laughs> no, I don't think she does. And, yeah. and Jason and, uh, um, well, Jason says that if it is a couples retreat, he would like to go with Janet. Yep. Well, yeah, the, one of the jokes is that Janet says, we did it, and Janet, Jason says, we did it, like, like five times in the middle of it. Every time, every time he looks like he's going <laughs> to We did it, it Leonard. Yep, so good. Oh, and then, oh, 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 the last point where Tahani is like, oh, yeah, I never really, all my motivations are corrupt. I never did anything just to do it. Uh, my only real goal was to snag Ryan Gosling at the Met Ball, <laughs> which I did. Which I did. A couple of times, actually, and just, just the way she... <laughs> She just, it was like her one big line of the, of the episode and she just nailed it. It was so funny. I have, I have loved, um, the actress who played to honey this, this whole season. Um, I think they gave her really great lines and they gave her, and she's just such a natural comedic actress, likable comedic actress. And, uh, yeah, just so, so nice. Well, and she's thinking that he's, that he's there for kids because he likes almond milk. Yep. <laughs> he yep. starts to go and. <laughs> <laughs> on the explanation. When I love that line from Michael. Wait, no, 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 no. When Michael's that's like, not you, you dummy, no, that's not why. I just, <laughs> yeah, that was so great. It was just like Michael again, and we've talked about this um, in the beginning of the second season, that it felt like uh, Ted Danson playing Michael in those episodes, I've said it anyway, that he, um, I don't know if anybody else agrees, but it just sort of felt like he was coming across <laughs> as himself, like as kind of a likable, just a likable guy, just kind of chewing the fat with his friends. And this kind of felt a little bit like that too. Like he's, he's not, he he is friendly with him. It just feels like he's very he's very much kind of um, not just this one dimensional bad guy. He's like a real person with real interest in them, <laughs> and I think that comes across here as well. In the midst of you know all of his like oh well, he's also another one thing. The not a not a, a something spoken, but when he does those little shoulder taps to Ellen when he says "Wish me luck" and he like taps her shoulders and then he goes off and and, and talks to to Sean. So great, like just so showing his, his genuine enthusiasm, infectious enthusiasm. Forget it. Well, torturing them again, hmm. but but still, just thought that hmm. came across really well. And then when Eleanor says at the end, right before the finger snap, you know, yeah, basic. And it, again, <laughs> the... so that was a it was a spoiler for Avengers: Infinity War, right? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Snapping fingers is never good. Never good. <laughs> <laughs> Anything we've forgotten? Anything else anybody wants to uh, bring up? No, I'm ready for more episodes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep, as well. Yep. And two weeks. Yep. And we will be doing a, uh, a flashcast episode for season three, so you can all look forward to that. But so let me thank my guests. So uh, Rachel, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have a great night, everyone. And Sarah, thanks for being here. Thank you. And Javier, thanks a lot. I will miss you too, you sexy skyscraper. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, and then Jason Stell, thank you for, for joining us for these two episodes. I I was happy to be here. Thank you. And now I will I'll continue to be on every episode, but I'll just be standing over here silently in the corner <laughs> reading a transcript on a ticker on a ticker tape. Oh, hey. Thanks, More Jason. than one reference there. Very good. Uh, all right, everybody. And we will see you next time.